Hello, this is Champ 180, and I'm your host, your helper and friend, Adam Childress. If you're listening and expecting a kumbaya session on what you want to hear, this may not be the show for you. We are committed to encouraging and developing champion-like individuals who desire to learn, grow, improve in the five core areas of champ. I'm real, transparent, and say what's on my mind with no fluff or puff. So listen up, because today is your day. Stay tuned. Hi, welcome to this episode of Champ 180. Today, we'll be discussing leadership and serving and how the two are parallel. Well, they should be anyway. But I am not doing this alone today. I have a very special guest to share his insight and expertise on today's topic. I have with me a very good friend, a brother, a mentor, and one that would give you his last, David Ames. David is a servant leader who operates from a place of compassion, grace, and mercy. Those who know David will agree that his passion to serve, combined with his attitude of excellence, always creates an environment that produces amazing results. David is a wealth of knowledge and experience when it comes to leadership and technology. His career has taken him to more than 60 countries around the world, working and speaking with leaders and officials from all walks of life. David has played an integral part within businesses in both the public and private sector, designing and creating a wide variety of teaching environments. When he's not immersed in projects, you'll find David spending time with his wife and three boys. David especially enjoys bass fishing, and when time allows, you can find David mixing audio on various projects within the community. You'll discover David's passion for fun allows for building relationships that set him apart as an industry leader you'll want to get to know better. David, thank you so much for being here today. It's such a blessing. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for having me this morning. So, uh, David, uh, can you tell us a little bit more about your family, what you do, and things that you like to do, even though you kind of said that in your bio? Can you want to, you want to elaborate on anything? Sure, Adam. I uh, have a wife and three boys, and so uh, teenage boys, so my house is pretty active. So uh, when it comes to... Uh, to life, it's uh, I feel like a, a non-paid Uber driver at this point. Mm-hmm. You probably relate to that a little bit. Very. Dad take me here. Dad take me there. Dad pick me up. Dad drop me off. You start charging for gas nowadays, you know. Yeah, especially right now, I'd probably make a fortune <laughs> if I was charging, but I'm not. So that keeps me pretty busy. And then on top of that, you know, you have just the the operations of your home. You know, keeping keeping home together. Um, and it's, uh, when you're active in your home, instead of just sitting back and watching everybody else do their thing, um, it it gets busy, Mm -hmm. but the, the end result is you get a payoff or a payout that is exceptional. Uh, you don't get to watch life go by. You're actually in it. Right. So, uh, I feel that that's good. Uh, a lot of times we just, you know, it's it's easy to sit back and do nothing. You just sit back and watch. So uh, being involved keeps, obviously keeps me busy. Right now, on top of that, I work as a director of uh, technology for school. Okay. So between home and and uh, and, and work, it's uh, pretty active. Pretty busy. Yeah. But then again, it's it's covering all the bases that I like. You know, technology. I love technology. I love yes, te- you do. 
Uh, and uh, between technology and family and leadership and mm -hmm. serving, it's, you know, what more really could you ask for? It makes the time go by fast, doesn't it? It does. My days go by really fast. Wow, that's good. Thank you. So Albert Einstein says this, only a life lived in the service of others is worth living. So David, I've known you for 15 years and I've uh, seen how you love to serve on many occasions. You've always given me the illustration of a white hand towel over your forearm, like a server ready to help others. And it's so valuable to you. You also exhibit significant leadership when you serve. I have seen this played out in many projects and or endeavors. Tell us how the heart of, a ser of serving began. Was it something you saw in your family, a family member, or was it infused in you? And what character trait does it take to serve others? That's a great question, Adam. Um, I will start by saying I watched those around me serve. It was exemplified uh, mostly in my father. My father was uh, an auto mechanic by trade. And uh, I would watch him go down to the local church and work on their bus uh, on a Saturday just because he wanted to. Uh, either it wasn't running well or he saw, I don't know how he got involved in the first, the, the first time, but I think you, I think leadership starts with, if you see a need, you fill a need. Mm -hmm. uh, so for me, uh, to answer the first part of that question, it was exemplified. Um, the next part of that later on in life, I was, um, given the opportunity to serve. There was an outside, an outside concert, a little community concert playing. And a, a gentleman asked me if I liked turning knobs because I was just standing watching in awe. So he kind of took me under his, he kind of brought me close to him and I, let me push some faders on the little soundboard. Um, and next thing you know, I was hooked. Um, that same guy also sponsored me to go to a, a local community clinic on, on how to run sound. Became good friends with him, of course, with my parents' involvement because, you know, you just don't make friends with a grown man. <laughs> it's kind of weird without your parents around. So my parents were around, but uh, this this man mentored me and gave me the opportunity to serve, and then and then allowed himself to become, I guess I'm gonna say the lesser of the two, and and at an early age put me in a leadership role, so I could practice on him how to schedule things, how to do things, how to communicate. Um, we would talk about how I was communicating with him. And then he'd give me pointers. So it's like a coach. Um, and so that just kind of started things for me at a very early age. And when I say early age, I'm talking the age of 12, wow. 13 years old um, is when all this started. Uh, as far as my dad working on buses, that started, you know, six, seven, eight years old. Interesting. That's so cool. um, between between the example and then given the opportunity uh, to 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 serve um, really uh, impacted my life. I've learned that serving and leadership are technically equals. Um, and I'll say, and I'll explain that for you. When you, so servant, there's, there's a, there's a thing in my bio um, that says, David, I think I didn't even write this. David is a servant leader. And I, I refer to, I refer to servant leadership all the time in that uh, it's one thing to lead. It's another thing to serve. But they go, but like I said, they're equals. And so what does that mean? Well, it means you, as a leader, it's okay to roll up your sleeves and join those that you're leading through a challenging uh, obstacle. 
or a project um, because it shows that you're not while you are an authority or you are their leader that you're not afraid to roll up your sleeves and get involved mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's why i say leadership and serving are equals i will also tell you this that i've come to learn over the course of my life that leadership and serving because they are equals it starts at home mm, very good um, it's hard to be a leader in the industry if you're not leading at home it's hard to be serving others outside uh in the business world or in corporate america if you're not serving at home um, and a lot of times the serving part is what's missing in those that i encounter in the business world mm. the leadership comes easy for them mm -hmm. it's the serving part they struggle with why is that um sometimes i shouldn't say sometimes mostly it's pride yeah i figured it's pride yeah. It's hard for, 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 for people to, as a leader, lay not lay down the leadership role, but take on the next um, the next part of it, which is the serving. And I really appreciate what you said because I you know even though I have said I must have said it a lot for you to include it in your open in my introduction, but um, I do equate leadership and serving to that of a waiter. Um, and I use that analogy all the time and I kind of forgot about it till you I loved it. threw it out there. At yeah. me. I loved it. I remember when you first <laughs> said it and it's so true. And I've actually used that. I've used that illustration myself, literally take a towel over my hand, uh, forearm and don't teach my kids. This is how you should be with people, serve them. It's not about you. It's about others. Absolutely. And like, and like, and I appreciate that you even said that now that even your son, it starts at home. Yes. And because it starts at home, it's easy at that point to then take it into the workplace. Even my my supervisors at work or the people that I answer to, I take the same approach with them. How can I serve you? What can I do for you? That's if you're not solving a problem, then you, <laughs> there's really no place for you anywhere. That's uh, true. So so by taking the role of serving, you're actually saying, What problem do you have? And you're allowing them to tell you what the problem is and you're just being the genius behind solving it. Yes. That brings up a question that I think listeners might want an answer to this. When you say that's what you go to your, your, your uh, superiors, your bosses, say, how can I help you? What can I do? What is the difference between a brown nosing and serving? <laughs> that's a great question, man. <laughs> Brown nosing is, I mean, this is just David's classification of brown nosing, is, sure. is standing around the boss's office and every time he says something, you are trying to do something to gain favor. Mm -hmm. You're using it for your for your own selfish reasons. I see. Or to keep from being in trouble. Correct. But when you are truly serving, I'd say 98% of the time, I don't ask what can I do for you? I'm listening for what I can do for you. And that's a big, that's a big, big thing to learn because most people who encounter, who have been given authority, leadership, whatever you want to call it, an executive position, the first thing they, they that they do is they usually run their mouths and that's usually what gets them in trouble. Mm -hmm. And as leaders, the number one thing that we can do is stop talking and listen. Mm, yeah. Listening to those people around you, listening to 
um, superiors, listening to your team, listening to those around you. And, and if you hear your team say, man, you know, it's really, really cool to have a barbecue on Friday. You don't have to say, oh, yeah, I can do that for you. <laughs> but go make it happen without saying a word, without drawing attention to it. It just shows that you're listening. Hey, guys, on Friday, let's let's meet out. Let's meet outside or let's go here or let's do this. Uh, or, you know, I may hear my my uh, someone in, in, on the leadership team that I serve with may say, hey, you know, Internet's really slow this week around here. Okay, well, they're not really, really talking to me. They're just talking in a room full of people, but I happen to hear it. So what am I going to do? I'll go investigate. And not say, yeah, I heard your complaint and this is what I did, because now I'm patting myself on the back. Mm, true. But just go find, just go research what you're hearing and then make it happen. And then after a couple of weeks, go, has anybody noticed any, any issues with the internet or with that or whatever they mentioned, you know? Anybody else, you guys, you guys, no, it's been good now for, I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden it got good. That's all you need, right? And sometimes we chase, we chase the attaboy and that's when, that's when it becomes brown nosing. Mm. Is when you chase that attaboy. Hey, look at me. This is what I did. I'm going to do this for you so I can get an attaboy out of it. So true serving, that's good. That kind of gets me to the point where true serving is, it's all about the other person. And not expecting anything in return. Correct. It's selfless. It's being selfless. You're doing it because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And because you honestly want to see good come of to that other person or to whatever's going on. I've struggled with that myself as, when I was younger, but now I have more confidence and I can say what's on my mind respectfully to my bosses. And I actually tell them, thank you so much for all you do. You do a great job. I give them praise and kudos because I know they probably don't get a, a whole lot to the point where some employees are probably scared to even talk about that in, in fear of looking like a brown noser. And I'll tell my bosses right up front, there's a difference between me telling you and uh, thanking you because you need it and not to want anything from it, not to be a brown noser. Leaders do need to hear that. They do. And they need to hear it often. Yeah. Um, I remember the first time I told someone in leadership <laughs> above me, hey, I really appreciate you're doing a great job. Uh, it got to the point where this particular leader would call me before their meetings I'm really nervous about this meeting. I'm going to have this. You'll be fine. You got this. I believe in you. Because you gave him that compliment? Correct. That invited him to be comfortable with you and ask you those Correct. things. Correct. That's good. So my boss, who pays, who was paying me at the time, would call me before their meetings. Hey, I'm nervous about this meeting. I'm not sure what's going to happen. I'm not sure that what I'm going to say is going to come across correctly. All because I gave him a compliment and wow. encouraged him. And it's, ah, you got this. You'll be fine. You, you know, I believe in you. I'm sure, you know, however you are going to present this, it'll be fine. It'll be accepted. And just give them, because they are, they're at the end of the day. Yeah. We're all, we're, we all bleed the same. Mm -hmm. We all have feelings. We all have emotions. We all have fears. So I tell this to my boys almost every morning that uh, they get out of the car to go to school. 
Build somebody up today. Let your words build somebody up. That's Don't tear cool. them down. That's awesome. We have the ability within ourselves to be dangerous. Whether we choose to be positively dangerous or negatively dangerous is up to us. But the, the ability to be dangerous is within each and every one of us. That brings up a, a, good, a question for you. In a world that's uh, full of negativity, especially, especially nowadays, how could you tell our listeners to not go with the, the flow with everybody else being negative? How do you stand out and change that mindset and go against the grain? And you may not be popular because you're being positive, but how do you tell somebody to start being positive in a negative world? So I would tell you this. The first part of that is to be available. And what does being available mean? really mean it means that and we've stayed we've already stated this right listen because mm -hmm. a lot of times especially in today's world you start a phrase and someone will quickly override you and just interrupt you and you don't even get to finish your thoughts or what you were going to say it's it's automatically twisted to be something uh that they think it's, it's not mm -hmm. and so sometimes just being patient and sitting back and listening and then responding is is the way to go. Oftentimes, uh, it's not worth your conversation. True. You got to pick your conversations. You know, I've learned this. Not every conversation was meant to have David in it. <laughs> so removing yourself, even though you've heard the conversation, even though they're coming at you, you know what? It's thanks. Have a great day. See you later. Because most negative people want you to engage them at their level. Mm. I see. They want a reaction from you. To fuel their negativity. Or to fuel their opinion. Mm -hmm. Right? I see. Whether it's one way or another. And it can go both ways. Usually what I find is that they want to fuel, they, they use your response to fuel their belief and it's twisted. And then what your words get twisted, mm -hmm. right? And next thing you know, you get frustrated. So sometimes the conversation is not even worth, it's not even worth engaging in it. See, negativity brings frustration. Oh, that's yeah. good. If someone's being negative and they're just being interruptive, stop talking. Let them talk. Might learn something you you will quickly learn what the problem really is because most of the time the stuff that they're talking about is not the problem it's the heart it's something else underneath true that's surface stuff yeah interesting yeah so like once again listen it's hard it's hard i struggle with listening i really do i'm like uh i want to tell i want to i want to solve your problem but i have to remind myself shut up david Listen, that, listen, 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 listen. Do you struggle with that mostly as a family member or as a family, as a dad and a husband? Oh, absolutely. That's probably the, yeah. It all starts at home. Remember that. Yep. <laughs> I, I don't, by, by no means am I perfect. By no means do I have this all down. It's one thing to know what you need to do. It's another thing to put it in action. It's a daily thing. It's a daily reminder it's a it's not even daily sometimes it's by the minute or the hour or by the instance and i my best days are when i stop to remind myself often that okay listen 
be slow to speak. Think about it. <laughs> and what I, are my next words going to build somebody up or tear somebody down? Because I guarantee you inside all of us is the trigger reaction to tear someone apart. Our tongue, our, our thoughts are brutal. Mm-hmm. And if we let everything out that goes through our mind unfiltered, you'll be a sad, lonely person. True. At the end. That's true. Yeah, I've had my kids say, Dad, you're not listening to me. Because I f- assume what they're going to say, I have a f- an answer for. Right. Instead of let them talk, because my assumptions can be from as, as far as the east to the west. And I'm way off. And it frustrates them. And then it also taints their trust in me as a dad to listen to them. So, yeah, I've learned a lot. Sometimes my, my kids will, or even my wife, my family will ask me a question and I, uh, I don't answer because I'm internally thinking about how to respond to this. And they take that as I got ignored. And then maybe, Oh, so I have to remind them. So yes, I have to, I'm talking to myself inside saying, listen, 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 listen. But then I have to remind myself to answer, answer, answer. Even, even if the answer is, I don't have an answer for you right now. I'll get back to you and then follow up with an answer. But sometimes I forget to say, hey, I'm thinking about this. I don't know. I'll get back to you. By the way, while we're talking about I don't know, I don't know does not mean failure. does not equal failure. It's okay to say you don't know. It's okay. I, I, I've told my superiors all the time, hey, uh, I don't know the answer to this, but I'll go get an answer. I'll figure it out and I'll get back to you. And so, so, so many times with our families, with our in our workplace um, with our our peers with our teams as a leader you don't have to have all the answers don't be a know-it-all because at the end of the day no one likes to know it all either it's true i felt that i've done both i experienced both and they can sense that and they can see that through you if you are trying to be a know-it-all and the point where i've said i don't i don't know let's go find out together you know and people respect that more Oh, he's human. Yeah, I am a human. So, David, that was good. Uh, Thank you so much uh, for sharing that. Why is serving so important? Is it something we should be doing, or should we just be looking out for ourselves? Um, it's a good question. And for me, serving is important, and it's this. And here's the reason why. I find that my life is happier by serving others. There's there's a happiness that is experienced. It's kind of like a runner's high. Um, I've never experienced a runner's high, nor do I want to. Um, I'll usually lay down till the, the thought of running goes away. But um, I would compare it to that of a, of a runner's high from what I've been told. Mm-hmm. And that when you serve others... The, the feeling of accomplishment, the feeling of being fulfilled is a really amazing feeling. On a, on a more personal note, uh, you've been with me a couple times when we have doorbell ditched somebody's house and gave them, you know, for Christmas or whatever the occasion. Yes. Right. You find a family that's in need. Yeah. 
and you get you gather some friends and family and you just set them up the right way and then you doorbell ditch them and hide and watch mm-hmm. right that's so you know awesome. talking about oh, remember yeah, those i do <laughs> and everybody every time we've done it every time we walk away there's always this feeling just the smile that you can't wipe off your face because you know that you did something for somebody that's the same way when it comes to serving mm-hmm. right the other side of that is this how would you feel if some somebody did something for you just out of the blue how would you feel so put yourself in you know flip flip the table on you you know how would you feel if, I, and here and here's what here's what blows me away. I'll tell you this. I frequent a certain coffee place a lot by my house, and it's a little bit out of my way, but I go there for this simple experiment. the The line to get into this certain coffee place is brutal. Cars enter the drive through from both directions. Wow. And I watch people compete to get into this line. Really? Oh, every, every chance I get. I'll stop and let two cars in or three cars in ahead of me. And without fail, this is not why I do it, though. Without fail, by the time I get to the window, they go, someone paid your coffee. Really? That's awesome. Now, I feel amazing, right? Oh, great, someone paid for my coffee. Even if they didn't pay for my coffee, it's still a great feeling knowing that you just, you're sh- you're showing that other person in the car without saying another word. I'm not going to compete for this. The, the, I'm not going to compete in line with you. Here, just go. Right. Right? I'm taking the step back. And then the amazing thing that happens next is usually they'll say, hey, someone paid for your coffee when it happens. is then I go, okay, well, let's just pass it on to the car behind me. That's good. So what's their order? Well, it's a lot of money. I don't care. Let's just pay for it. Because now I have received something that didn't cost me anything. There's no harm. I would have paid for coffee one way or another. True. So why don't I just pass along the car behind me? And I've, I've gone back later in the day to find out that that simple chain reaction carried on for 50, 75, 100 cars. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. So, and, and that's something you hear about, you know, occasionally in the, around, especially here in the, in the community that we live in, you know, someone will pay, pay it forward um, and they try to keep it going for us. But this is just unplanned. This is not an, this is not a planned event. This is just something that you just do. And there's this feeling of just, it's, I don't know, it's just, this, it puts a smile on your face. Even now, as I'm telling you, there's a smile on my face because I can remember back to when those happened and it's not sad. It's definitely joy. It's definitely, you know, one of happiness. So. If, if just that little, that little action has triggered that much of a response and brings that much joy, why wouldn't you want to do it? It doesn't, serving somebody doesn't have to cost you money. It's true. Opening the door. It can be an action. It can be a moment of your time. Yeah. It can be a word. Hi. Hi is a great way of serving somebody. We've Smile. stopped saying hi to somebody. We've stopped smiling at people. Mm-hmm. We've stopped acknowledging those around us. And I've watched most most people around me walk around staring at their phone. Yes. Almost running into me. <laughs> I've had and that. I've been guilty of the same. I'm not going to just point the finger one way. I, I've done it too. 
But it's still in those moments that I would, oh. Yeah, I should probably disengage from this little device in front of me and re-engage with the people around me. Yeah. Let me hold a door for you. Right. Wow, thanks. Most people, even today, like today, just happened a few nights ago. I held the door open. I forgot where we were at. I held the door open for somebody, and um, the first set of people came through and said thank you. The next group of younger people, younger than I, they, they stared at me. They didn't even know what to say because I think they've been. I think we are in a world today that doesn't use kindness. Mm-hmm. It's not natural for us. It's all self-centered. Yeah. And um, like, and I'll, like I said, I'm not pointing the finger at anybody because I'm guilty of these same things. It's just awareness. I'm, I'm guilty of it too. That little phone can cause you to be unaware and sometimes can cause you to be unkind because you're so involved in what you're looking at or what content's coming across your screen. You forget to serve those around you. Yeah, it's a huge distraction. You're only serving yourself when you're looking at that phone. True. <laughs> there is no, there's no us or community in that phone. Or, because you, you said it makes you feel good. Well, how about this? I'll tell you what. This experience is opposite, but the same thing happened. It made me feel good, but it made me feel like crap. You know, Caleb, my son, wanted to go to uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. I go through the line, and there's just one car. I mean, he was at the window before I even ordered. So I'm thinking, okay, he'll be gone before I, after I order. No. I ordered. It took a little bit. He's still there. Then I go to behind his car, and it's taking still forever, like five minutes more. And I was getting irritated. I was getting impatient. It's like one car. There's no one behind me. It's not busy. You're like, come on, dude. Yes. <laughs> I was getting irritated. Another five minutes goes by, and I'm really like, come on, you know? Of course, my son is seeing this, but this is the amazing part of what my son saw. We drive up, and the lady said, that person paid for you. Oh, man. <laughs> right? You get that sinking feeling. Like, how, how, how big of a jerk am I? Yeah. you're silently behind them going, come on, man, hurry up. And that was a perfect pitch for my son. Oh, dad. How does it make you feel type thing? So he gave me a hard time. And he, was, he, he should, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> for them to see that what's, that, what's that means to serve others. Because what you and I do as dads, our kids see that. Whether it's being frustrated, but still being blessed with a, a meal. Or just down outright, not expecting anything. Bless somebody. Not only do our kids see and exemplify our actions they also see and exemplify our reactions mm-hmm. and there's been a couple times like, hey don't do that boys and then realize oops that's my bad because they just they just did what they saw me do yeah and i didn't think about my reactions so yes as a dad you're constantly under a microscope you have to be you have to watch not only yourself but others are watching you as a leader you are constantly being watched and you have to watch yourself as well there's no uh there's really no downtime and that's why i said they're equal leadership and serving are equal and it starts at home because 
people watch you. Yeah, they do. I, I get this thing that I think our actions raise our kids and not what, what we say. I agree with that 100%. Thank you for listening to Champ 180 with special guest David Ains on the parallel between leadership and serving, part one. Please stay tuned for part two on next Monday. You can follow David Ains on Facebook by going to at 360dads. God bless and remember to champ up and champ on. Thank you so much for listening to the Champ 180 podcast. I really appreciate your time and tuning in. Again, this is Adam Childress, but I'd like to leave you with a few things to live by daily. And that is be thankful, be kind, believe in yourself, never give up, help others, cherish family and friends, do your best, listen with your heart, laugh often, and love lots. Until next time, God bless.